This is the Hot Fish series from the University of Stirling. Hello and welcome to another Hotfish podcast. Today I'm talking to Oleg Kaminsky about how smallholders' ponds in sub-Saharan Africa can benefit livelihoods and be part of a climate-smart adaptation to a changing environment. So Oleg, ponds for, for farming fish have been promoted by development agencies in sub-Saharan Africa for a long time. But it, it's not just about the fish, is it? Hi Dave. Uh, yes, agriculture has been seen for some time by governments and NGOs as a potential sort of vehicle to alleviate poverty and increase food security and so on. So we see farmers who are predominantly terrestrial crop or livestock farmers grappling with the ins and outs of, say, uh, tilapia farming like we would see in Zambia or Malawi or uh, backyard catfish farming like we see in Nigeria, but even seaweed farming in Zanzibar or sea cucumbers in Madagascar. And you're right, it's not always about the fish, but rather how these aquatic food systems fit into those farmers' larger food system as a whole. And in the end, aquaculture usually is something new that they're doing. Could could you explain some of the benefits of having a pond on a small-scale farm in, in a country in sub-Saharan Africa? Well, we have seen that having a pond can bring income through the sale of fish, obviously, or, or increased food and nutrition security because people eat more fish. Um, but having water near the household may be the single most important factor. So this gives farmers increased irrigation capabilities. Uh, there are examples all over the world where fish ponds are integrated with other crops. Uh, in much of Asia, it's actually quite common to see farmers planting fruits and vegetables along the dikes of their ponds. Uh, in Bangladesh, farmers have designed fish ponds that double up as rice paddies. Um, so we're starting to see that in a world being affected by variable and more intense weather conditions, that this body of water can be a vital first line of defense. What are some of the climate change challenges facing such households, Oleg? Uh, so yeah, if you spend time with farmers in these areas, you will already hear their concerns with climate change. Um, and for the most part, this means that areas that already have decent rainfall or high water tables will likely see increased bouts of rain and floods. Drier areas will likely experience more droughts. Um, though this is not always sort of mutually exclusive. Um, the main problem, I think, is that seasons are becoming increasingly unpredictable. So this means that the onset of the rainy season either comes too early or too late. So when the rains do fall, farmers begin sowing their fields, and then all of a sudden there's no rain for weeks. Or later, heavy rains and flooding destroy the crops before they can take root. So having an extra body of water during this time could be crucial. But also in case of flooding, um, having high dikes around ponds can elevate uh, much of that crop production above floodlines. So having ponds that have water at least part of the year can actually mitigate some of these risks. And so in a sense, they're climate smart. How, how can they be improved further? So, yeah, ensuring that a farm system has a constant source of water throughout the year is probably by definition climate smart really, um, especially if this body of water is well balanced with the nitrogen and carbon cycles of a farm. Um, I think the problem is we see many different types of fish ponds in sub-Saharan Africa. So we see uh, 10 by 10 meter ponds or backyard ponds and containers, or we see these huge ponds that essentially act as small dams. And 
some of these ponds are connected to spring water all year round and some are, are seasonal rain fed uh, ponds. What's for sure though is that a lot of these water bodies are simply not managed correctly and they still lack furrows or proper irrigation canals and drainage uh, systems. So there's still a lot of challenges to make sure farmers can capture and hold on to water. Um, and probably the biggest um, you know, issue right now is really the governance of, of communal water resources. So Oleg, I think some of your research is showing that, that farmers use their fish from their own ponds strategically together with buying from the market and catching from wild sources. And actually having their own fish from their own ponds available at the driest time of the year is particularly valuable, no? Yeah, so in my research in northern Zambia, we've noticed that farmers with ponds tend to farm a multitude of species. And most commonly they try to grow tilapia, but inevitably a whole array of different wetland species or catfish get into these ponds. So you've got this huge diversity of, of species and, and uh, access to a lot of nutritious fish. Um, and yes, these farmers tend to be able to have access to more crops and vegetables, especially those that need more water like squash or pumpkins and green beans. So essentially they have a higher dietary diversity and they actually are more food secure based on our research. There's this other effect in the rainy season where a lot of the wild fisheries are closed um, in the breeding season to give fish a chance to spawn. And this is based on a national fishing ban implemented by the government. But this means less fish on the market during this time. Uh, and farmers with ponds can keep taking out fish from their ponds, but farmers without ponds, they start shifting their fish supplies from wild fisheries outside the country where there is no fishing ban, so say from Malawi or Tanzania. So you see this vast interconnectedness basically between ponds and wild fisheries and terrestrial crops and vegetables, and this is very important. So when we think of ponds and stocking them with fish, we shouldn't just think improved nutrition begins and ends with the fish actually it's about what else derives from having a pond on farm the the irrigation of crops or vegetables around it that can in themselves be really valuable for improving nutritional security right yeah well we need to see firstly that farm fish and wild fish really fit into a large aquatic food system that is connected uh, and really this all fits into one larger food system that includes terrestrial crops and livestock. So, you know, on this macro global level, we see this debate about using wild fish to feed, to feed farmed fish. But there's a question of whether uh, terrestrial crops such as soy would be better. Um, but on a micro level, we already see ponds where farmers have learned to use the bio waste from livestock or byproducts from their crops to feed fish or fertilize ponds. We see farmers using water in turn to grow vegetables. We see these intricate vertical gardening systems and even right down to urban systems where we see people playing around with aquaponics on their rooftops or their backyard gardens. So essentially in all these systems you're getting quite a dynamic boost of nutritious foods. And yes, it's definitely not just about the fish, but you do have to look out for the trade-offs. And in the end, these systems need to be resilient to potential climate shocks. Well, I'd like to thank Oleg for those thoughts on the value of ponds. Wish him well for the last stage of his PhD research. And thank you for listening. Join us again for the next Hotfish podcast. This podcast has been produced at the University of Stirling's Institute of Aquaculture with financial assistance from the Belmont Forum on Climate and Health. Thank you for listening.